Welcome to the Vagicine Podcast, where we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. Tonight, I have Money on from the Queer Walk Podcast, and I'm really excited that she's here. We're going to be talking about pride, finding a bay at pride, do's and don'ts at pride, and everything else, whatever comes to mind. So, Money, do you want to introduce yourself? I know. I wish I had, like, a cool intro. (laughs) Hey y'all, I'm money. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, um, you know, I'm a Virgo. <laughs> oh shit, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know, I, I'm just like, dang, I wasn't even prepared. But yes, hey everybody, my name is Money. Uh, I'm <laughs> the creator and host of Queer Watch the Podcast. Um, the podcast that covers all things queer women of color. Yes. I am. Yep, that's me. That's <laughs> awesome. So when did you start your podcast? What is your podcast all about? Why did you start your podcast? All of those questions and rolled up into one. <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's see if I can do this. All right. Um, so actually, I started a Tumblr page um, called Queer Walk. Mm-hmm. And I started that maybe, I think in 2012. And it just... It exploded. Like, I don't know any other words. So I started it, um, I think, in August. And by November, it had, like, well over 14,000 followers. Wow. And so I started the page because Tumblr queer spaces are pretty white. And all of the lesbian spaces were white. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, okay, this <laughs> this is not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started Queer Walk as a page to represent LGBT women of color. And then it started growing so quickly that I couldn't keep up with it because I'm a full-time um, student, mm-hmm. well, a candidate now. So All I'm right, hey. Um, <laughs> you know, ow, ow. Um, so it was just growing, the inbox was just over flooded. And so in order to, like, get to the topics that people were submitting, like, hey, you should talk about this sometimes, or hey, I have this question, I decided last year um, to just start recording. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get on here and do this. Right. Because this is the way I'll be able to get through the inbox faster. And that's <laughs> how the podcast started. So, yeah, I'm a year now. I've been doing the podcast for a year. Woo! Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Happy, happy belated podcast yeah. birthday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you're on we're kind of doing like a co-host thing together, everybody. So yes. I'm really excited that money is here. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Of course. Thank you. The same. I was, I got so excited when you, you were like, let's do this. Let's do a Pride episode. I was like, yeah. So, I've been trying to find yeah. like, I've been trying to find like something. Like I was just like, wait, how do I start this conversation? Where do I go? And then I was like, oh my gosh. June is Pride Month, so I really wanted to have this conversation, and um, also, in listening to your podcast, by the way, everybody, check out Queer Walk Podcast on iTunes and wherever you find your podcast, Um, and 
I you did an episode a while ago. It was I mean, I'm I'm late because I found your podcast like late in the game, so I'm still like backtracking and listening. But um you had done a podcast on like do's and don'ts of like safe sex and I was like, "Oh my god, we should do that." Like queer women having safer sex and how some queer women have don't really think about that and yeah, I was like yeah, yeah. yes but then I was like oh damn she already covered that so <laughs> I was like all right here we go here we go June pride month well, what, yeah but what's funny is after so I did that with my friend Sasha mm-hmm. or Asha depending on what spaces you know her from who she was actually a guest on inner hoe uprising oh, that okay. um with Sam yeah mm-hmm. and so she knows all about the sex stuff. Mm. And that's actually how I came across Badgerstein because I was like, okay, I I am semi-versed, but not <laughs> not as much as I should be. Um, and and I kept getting comments like, oh, you should actually talk more about this, like safe sex for queer women. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. So this is actually something that, because I think, you know, we live in this like heteronormative society, mm-hmm. so... We we just out here fubuing all of our safe sex for queer people because every all the safe sex is, um, stuff that's available to us when we're growing up. Yes, is, is so based on straight sex. Yeah, you know? absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, I wanted to have this conversation with you as well um, because I mean, it's Pride Month. I mean, I'm a fan of going to Pride and celebrating but i've also read articles where folks are like look this is not a cis hetero space don't come up in here doing what you want so i was like all right maybe there needs to be a do's and don'ts for the straight folks out here so we're not just (laughs) taking the space appropriating the space and you know doing all of that so I was like, all right, you know, and I and I know it's later in the June. I wanted to have this conversation earlier. That's that's lack of poor planning on my part. Um, but you know, we're still no, in June. You see, New York still hasn't had Pride yet. <gasps> really? This weekend, so we perfect time. Oh yeah. my god, yes! Because I just went to. I'm in Baltimore, so we just came from um, the the Baltimore one. When I, you know, thought about some of the think pieces that are out here, I was like, all right, let's think about the do's and don'ts for pride and then, you know, go from there. So here we are. Hmm. So, okay, so I actually, I guess um, I'm so, I'm so damn gay. I thought about do's and don'ts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like a, a gay perspective. I wasn't even thinking about the heteros. Let me see. <laughs> no. No, we're gonna. Well, so this, this is an interesting question. Like what you were like thinking about uh, cis people, straight people at Pride. Um, the the parade space of it has has never been one that I I thought that people who don't identify with the community mm. shouldn't be at. Mm. Um, but I I think that that's because of the way I think of Pride in general. Mm-hmm. So. Um, like remembering the roots of Pride, right. being, um, starting with the Stonewall riot. Mm-hmm. Like I think, had there been more what I call accomplices, because sometimes I think allyship lets people off the hook. Mm. So if you call them an accomplice, they know that like this shit is serious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but had 
had there been more like accomplices present, the yeah. the police terrorism that happened at those original riots mm-hmm. may not have like gone in the same way. Definitely. Um, so similarly to the way I think, you know, about uh, any any protest or like um, movement in the streets for somebody's right. Yeah. If if people if people are there who aren't from an oppressed group, the police treat the crowd very differently. Definitely. Um. So so I've always thought about pride in that way. Like that. I think that there needs there need to be cis and hetero um, accomplices around the perimeter. Yeah. Just to make sure that. Uh, queer bodies aren't aren't being terrorized by because there's always you know um anti-pride protesters out there Mm -hmm. you know these these um church groups there's uh police presences always at pride yeah so i've always thought about it as like uh an opportunity for people who don't identify to really show up and show support for the community ah you see that's why you're getting your phd because you just broke it all the way down so for those who don't know you had mentioned riots um and police um and in the beginning of pride and you're referring to the stonewall riots correct yes yeah so for those who don't know do you mind giving like a two-minute synopsis on what the stonewall riots were and how how it grew into our modern day pride yeah so um so the Stonewall Inn was a, uh, is still, um, uh, like a queer club mm-hmm. where folks congregated in New York City. Um, and I, I think I should specifically say, like, also uh, queer and trans people of color mm-hmm. frequented uh, this bar. Because sometimes a, a place can be queer and also incredibly racist, mm-hmm. so it's still not a safe space for mm-hmm. queer folks of color. Um but this this was a place where everybody kind of congregated, you know, like they they would get off work and just like hang out there. Um, and this is um, in the 60s. Uh, so this is like, well, the riots actually happened in June of 1969. Mm-hmm. But um, so this, this is in the 60s where, you know, our country is going through all these changes. But there's a, um, a heavy policing of homosexual activity, if you will. Right. So um, you had to have what what um, they would consider to be at least uh, two articles of clothing um, that that aligned with what they perceived to be your gender on in mm. order to not be considered um, a cross-dresser or trans, you know, like, oh, so, so this is really like um, a policing of identity in the street mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the police were always harassing queer folks, and so... There was a night at the Stonewall Inn where people just wasn't having it. And um, so, as legend goes, somebody threw a cup at a cop and it just broke out into a whole riot um, because people were just sick of being um, arrested and terrorized for their identity, for who they are. Um, And the riots last, I mean, things vary, like different reports vary um, Mm -hmm. from three days to a week. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the riots lasted for however long they did, and that was really the the beginning, the birth of, like, we're here, we're queer, that, like, played out now. Yes! <laughs> uh, mantra that you hear, but yeah. that was the beginning of that, like, people taking to the streets in numbers, screaming and proclaiming 
that their queerness. Right. Um, and so then the next the next year, you know, around the same time in June, people come out across the nation to kind of commemorate this riot, and it just continues to happen. And now here we are, um, about almost fifty years later, still celebrating in June um, this riot that you know led to queer pride. So. Yes. Thank you for the history lesson. No problem. I think it's important because, you know, people people really be forgetting that Pride started with a riot and um and one that, that was led by and spearheaded by um trans women of color. Mm. And when we talk about um the the movement kinda of really got like swept up and co opted by um white gay men who when we when we look at like um uh, queer liberation, like, mm-hmm. they are the ones who have received most of these, like, legislative benefits, while trans women of color have not, even though they led this whole movement. So, mm. um, so it's always important for me to center that as the beginning of Pride, uh, to, to hold people accountable. Right. Like, you're comfortable being in the streets, but uh, are our trans sisters, are they comfortable? Mm. So, you know. Just holding folks accountable where they need to be. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to to have this conversation because I think it's I think it's one thing to just be like, Yeah, I'm like you're saying and I and I and I wanna la- want you to elaborate more on um this accomplice thing because I I actually really like that term because I, I usually use ally, but you know, I also was like, wait, especially when it came to Pride this year and for the work, a lot of the work that I do is, <laughs> is a lot of some of the trainings that I do for professionals is around creating, mm-hmm. um, creating safer spaces for LGBT students or LGBT youth within like care and social service yes. agencies and stuff like that. And yes. as being, as a person who's not of the community speaking out and, Ooh, this made me think of you a lot too, because last week I was, I hosted a training and it was basically a three hour training for folks who are going to be working with youth as like youth leaders. And so the like head guy in the group was just going back and forth with me because one of the activities I do is like put up a lot of different terms, everything from like what's male, what's female, what's intersex all the way to like, you know, using the word queer to what does homophobic mean and what does, um, what does being pansexual mean and all of these different things. And this guy was in the back yeah. and usually I could, I could handle right. it. And, um, he was like, man. And I was like, what? Like I could tell where it was going and I should have done a better job myself of just like shutting it down. But he kept whispering and he's like, you know, you keep mm-hmm. talking about like trying to create these spaces. I mean, just people just get offended at everything. And I was like, it's not being offended at everything. You just want to do what you want to do. He was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. And I was like, you're mad because I'm challenging you to use different wording. Because one of the things that right. I train about, I say, listen, this is you being using gender inclusive or non-gendered terms. It comes naturally. You're only yeah. thinking about it because we're in this space. But I was like, if someone leaves their phone here, you're not going to be like, exactly. whose he, she phone is up in here? No, you're going to be like, someone left their phone. <laughs> Did someone leave their phone here? Like, it's easy. You just have 
have to right. think about it for two yeah. more minutes. So I told, I think he was mad because I told him when you walk into a space with young people, just use, hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Hey, yeah. you know, yeah. come on over, everyone. He was like, what? Mm-hmm. So you just trying to say, like, I can't say, you know, using ladies and gentlemen is inclusive. What you trying to say? I was like, it is not. <laughs> it, really not. it is yeah. not right. you. I'm just I'm yeah. just challenging you a little bit further. And so in thinking of like my role as like an yeah. ally accomplice, I was like, okay, wait, what about my role and other straight people's role when it comes to pride? Because I think like you're saying, you know, straight folks, I bet have no problem just putting on some booty shorts and just hitting the damn uh, pride parade. And over here in Baltimore, like we have a block party after the parade where it's just like music, dancing, like booths, condoms and all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, but like you're saying, are we really willing to use our voices to speak up? Uh, mobilize or whatever when it comes time to so I think the history that the overview that you gave um, you know really I think it really speaks to that and really speaking to the need for allies accomplices to be to be in the building so that -hmm. really helps Mm -hmm. yeah and sorry Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes I think about um, so so that moment where that person is like, oh, well, you know, you everybody gets offended. I just need to learn the right language. <laughs> like, they don't they don't see, like, a, a benefit for themselves in, mm. in like, gender diversity or sexual, mm-hmm. sexuality diversity. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of like the holdup of allyship because, um, so I think Feminista Jones wrote about this. Uh, she's an amazing mm-hmm. uh, Twitter feminist, you know, yeah. uh, her tweets are life. <laughs> but, um, she talked about how, <laughs> she talked about how, and like allyship implies that I'm also getting something from it. Mm. And that's not all, that's not always how it works with oppression. That's right. Like, sometimes, sometimes you just need to do what's right. That's right. Um, whether, whether or not you're, you're benefiting as a person with privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I like accomplice more because it might not be your master plan, but you're on board. Ooh, <laughs> so, yes. So, um, it just, it just like, it shows you that even, even in the beginning, so that's, that's the thing, right? People think, well, homophobia don't have anything to do with me as a cisgender heterosexual person transphobia doesn't have anything to do with me but actually it does like all these ways that we police gender and what's allowed um all these ways that we silence sexuality for everybody um honestly i feel like my straight women friends are the most damaged by by the ways in which we police sexuality Mm. and so when we start to when we start to loosen those ties around words we can even just the words like yeah. the basic words that we use for it yeah like all of us get free in that process right you know right and, you are and abs- so, yeah, I you, think- yeah you're absolutely i didn't think about that i had to take that in for a minute sorry yeah, so, <laughs> I, mean, I think i've been to so i guess that would that would be i don't know if it's a don't it might be a a do don't mm-hmm. like depending on how you act <laughs> because um like per- 
Pride has a lot of events, like you were talking about, right? Yeah. Um, it's not always just the, the public parade space. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can also be parties. Um, yes. And so... This is the, I think, you know, it plays out in all, like, you know, all oppression is related. So I see it a lot with, um, like, black clubs, too, where, mm. where, you know, the white girls want to come and dance to the hip-hop music, yeah. but if shit pop off, they don't want <laughs> to be involved with that. And I think it's, I think it's very similar around Pride um, with straight, straight people taking up space mm. in um, queer parties mm-hmm. or queer clubs. It's like, that's all well and good, but um, if you're telling the the security that there's someone in the bathroom that shouldn't be in that bathroom, Lord. you're actually being very violent in that space and dis- disrupting a queer space. Mm. So, and that has actually happened to me before. Like, I was at a, I was at a, um, a like a queer party, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's getting lit. Yeah. And... And su- suddenly, uh, security is like in the women's bathroom because someone supposedly was in the bathroom who should not have been there, according to another party goer. And and it's just that moment where you know you're at you're in a queer space and it's still transphobic, you know. So, right. Uh, I think being aware of those things and even uh, that just reminded me like this accomplice thing isn't just about cisgender and heterosexual people. Um, within community, also you have to you have to be aware of your own like privilege and biases. So, um, me, I'm cis, I'm cis, um, but I I'm also <laughs> very aware of the ways in which uh, spaces might not be safe for my trans siblings. Ah, um, yes. And always trying to to make that intentional because sometimes you know lesbian spaces, queer spaces aren't right. Um, still inclusive of um, people who are non-binary or mm-hmm. trans. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And so me and you, me and you are just having this, this, this cushy discussion here without defining things. So when we say, <laughs> cis, <laughs> when you say, when we say cis or cisgender, what does that mean to you? Right. Um, so cisgender means to me that um, my sense of self um, as a woman, mm-hmm. um, corresponds with the the sex I was assigned at birth. There we go. So, um, I was assigned female at birth, and I still identify as female. It feels like it fits for me. Yes. So, yes. Um, that's basically what cis means to me. Same for me, and for the folks that are because I whenever I talk about this, folks are still like, what? And so, basically, I like to say the term cisgender, um, one, cis means same, and two, Mm -hmm. we have folks who identify as transgender, and folks who were cisgender didn't have have a word, so trans folks would be like, I'm trans, and then other folks would be like, well, I'm normal. And when we're talking about these words, there's no normal anything, and so we need Mm -hmm. that word to distinguish and for the folks out there who've never heard cis, cisgender mm-hmm. before, cis, you'll usually see it. I usually see it in, like, higher-level, like, academic articles. Or I see it on, like, Jezebel a lot, <laughs> where, yeah. like, people are trying to distinguish yeah. who they are in their writing if you can't tell yeah. from the author. So that's another yeah. addition I'll add to that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, that's um, I mean, I'm in this weird space with language right now mm-hmm. because I've been in school for so long. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm... I, you know, I'm from the hood, and none of my, you know, I, I want to be doing work that my cousins can read, that my mom can access. Yeah. Uh, being like a first generation college student, you definitely, know. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and so, I, I think about how like language sometimes becomes like a barrier for people thinking, thinking like, oh, I don't understand this word, so so then that means I can't access this space. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But, you know, I have to realize that I didn't, you know, I didn't wake up with the word cisgender. Like, Absolutely. Like, oh, yes. Right. <laughs> oh, this just seems like it fits. I'm taking this word. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was it was definitely a process for me, too, and a, and a bunch of clumsy moments and having people check me several times uh, before I... Like could talk about it in any way that made sense to anybody. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that's another. I think that where do we where would I classify this? I think this is a don't. And one of the don'ts I always like to think of is don't just think that if someone identifies as LGBTQ plus that they automatically know everything. <laughs> and right. I like to. Mm-hmm. I like to think about, I don't know if you watch the show Shameless. Have you ever seen that show? I used to, but I stopped. Yeah. So <laughs> I started getting into it because all my all my seventh grade students, check it, seventh grade, <laughs> were like, Miss oh. Vanessa, you need to watch this show. And I was like, what? I don't know what this So I literally just watched like seasons one through like six on netflix because i was like okay what is this show but i mean there's a lot going on in the show but something i noticed that i bring into like my examples is how ian on the show who was you know who's like look i know i'm gay but when it came to like knowing what assigned female at birth and what intersex and all the pronouns meant he was just like what and so I like yeah. to think like just because you're from a group does not mean you know everything about a group and there's so many exactly. variations in how different groups identify like I know for me like my parents are from Haiti and so whenever I'm like talking about my black experience it's not necessarily the same as the black experience of somebody who's parents have been here you know been in the united states and grandparents yeah. have been you know great great grandparents have been mm-hmm. here etc and so i like to see it as the same as well and i think oftentimes folks from the from straight folks like to be like hey hey my gay friends um yeah just yeah. wanted you to <laughs> know my everything. other gay friend and let's go do quote yeah. gay things together and it's like wait no exactly. <laughs> yep so I'm putting mm-hmm. it under our don't list. Or, or I'm supposed to know, like, every gay, like, media <laughs> reference ever. And I feel like I, I have no idea who this person is. And like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you don't know them. They're gay. <laughs> like, oh, uh, well. No, well. <laughs> it's, it's the same with, like, blackness. I don't know every black person. Yeah. So I don't know where this goes. So... I was thinking about, um, and thinking about what you're saying about the usage of language. Um, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the slurs, like some of the words like slay 
or the gag is and all of these different terms. How do you feel or how do you, you know what? Look, see, I was about to do it. How do you feel about folks not from the community using these terms? Do we place it under the do, don't, maybe? Depends? Um, okay, okay, okay. It, it depends to me because, okay, how how should I say this? Okay, so even some, even some labels like uh, queer, for example, mm-hmm. um, it de- it depends. Like I think you should ask someone if queer fits for them. Don't just walk around calling people queer. What? Because for some people that yeah, <laughs> for some people that's still a very like hot triggering word. It mm-hmm. hasn't been reclaimed. Yeah. You know? Um. And so yeah. And so I think about hmm, when I think about like uh, queer catchphrases. Yeah. I don't know no other way to put it. Like, <laughs> like the gag is or slay or. You know, oh, she beat for the guys, or she snatched, or whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that that is that is specific to a queer and trans of color experience. Mm-hmm. That has, to me, because I'm a black lesbian, yeah. has always been like inextricably tied to um, to of women of color and femme of color spaces as well. So there's there's this way in which, like, it's really a culture of people of color and femininity and mm-hmm. the way that plays out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the and the light that got shined on it was in the queer people of color community. Yeah. Um. So I think when I hear when I hear a black, a Latina, um, or like a South Asian woman, mm-hmm. uh, a woman of South Asian descent, or an indigenous woman, whatever have you, saying things like. Oh, um, like slay or, you know, um, she snatched or whatever, whatever the catchphrase is. Yeah. It doesn't hit me in any kind of way Mm -hmm. because I think that there's a, there's a a femme or a woman of color element to those words. But when I hear a white gay guy saying it, (laughs) or if I hear, um, a heterosexual, Mm -hmm. um, woman who is white saying that stuff, it, it's like, okay, that's not yours. You can't have that. I Hands see. off of that. You know? Um, I don't know if that made sense, but I feel like I feel like I have an unpopular opinion on that because I've, I, I know some of my friends feel like, you know, that heterosexual black women kind of like run with all of these words mm-hmm. and um, shouldn't quote unquote say them. But I really feel like there's a, there's a, a, I don't even know the word, but it's just like a, I'm thinking of a loop. Like, it goes back and forth between queerness and women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I really think that that the communities aren't separate. Like, they're united by this femme element. Right. And so I really think that's, that's where all of that stuff comes from. It, it comes out of, like, femme of color creativity. Mm-hmm. And so, Yeah. That's how I feel about those words. But if you're a white gay or or a white hetero, I would just say no. Don't say it. All right, duly noted. <laughs> All right, so we got we got we we won't put that in our in our middle list in our middle list. All right, so what else do you have for do's and don'ts? Um, well, I was just thinking about. I feel like uh, I am. A, I feel like a pride veteran, even though I'm. I'm pretty young. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so I was I was thinking about like actual logistics of of 
being in pride spaces and some of my suggestions, right? Yes. So one do, I would say, is, and this is funny because we just talked about the language, right? But I think you should slay. Yes. When going to pride. Yes. But make sure you wear comfortable shoes. Do uh, so, yes, slay from, like, head to knee, but uh, when you get to your shoes... I should have talked, to, I should have talked um, to you before. I should have... Man, I was running errands before I went to Pride, so I bought, like, I had this very amazing romper I was trying to wear. I was... I, I was not I was not slaying for nobody at Pride this year. I just I had on just like regular regular shorts, regular shirt. <laughs> I just felt so out of place because everybody was so vibrant and beautiful and I, I was think... like, Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know. And see that inner light glowing. <laughs> <laughs> I just think about um it, it's when I think about Pride, I feel like it's my one time. That there's assumed gayness. Yes, right. So it's like I need to, I need to, you know, display the goods in a way that I'm like, yes, yes, Mm, yes, mm, mm, yes. Yes. Because you know, it's it's sort of. I wouldn't say it's unheard of, but it's sort of unrealistic to think that um, I'm going to meet the love of my life, like in a coffee shop, and we spill coffee on each other, and that's just how it's going. Because because outside of pride, places are just assumed to be um, cis and hetero. So it's kind of like a tiptoe dance to mm-hmm. be like, "Is are you are you gay? Are you queer?" <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, but at pride, it's kind of like assumed. So yes. I'm like, okay, let me just do it up. But yes. I, it's also probably the weekend of the year that I get the most steps in. So I'm <laughs> like, just. <laughs> Take it from me. I had these heels. Oh my goodness, they were so cute. They were metallic. Um, what? And I just knew I was going to wear them for pride. No. I was like, yes, these heels are anything. Why did I do that to myself? Why did you? Like what? I had heels? Dresses. I had cut. No. Because no. I just needed to be cute. <laughs> It didn't work. All right, we feel. I feel you. No, we, comfortable shoes. Comfortable nobody's shoes. Nobody's attracted to you when you walk like a giraffe. So, so I guess following along with that, um, I would say be bold. Mm. Talk to that person that you wouldn't typically go up to, and, and so I guess this goes into the don'ts, right? Don't be on your your phone and your apps looking for who's at Pride or uploading your pictures oh. or do that later. <laughs> Be in the moment because when when else are you going to be surrounded by either a community members or b people who are who ride for the community? Yes, like that's very rare as a queer person, particularly a queer person of color, that you're surrounded by people who you could potentially date or who go up for you. Mm. So I'm I would say just talk to that person, be bold. Um, I'm pretty extroverted, so I don't have no problem doing that. <laughs> Um, but take the risk and yeah. it's a, you know, it's a parade, it's a fest. So if, if it don't work out, walk four blocks down and then. Right. Whatever you want, please. <laughs> right. You're going to run into somebody yeah, else. You really will. Um, <laughs> and if you think that, if you think that person is looking, they probably are. 
Uh, so, you know, I would say be bold, take the chance, talk. I love it. I don't I don't have any like tips on how to make that person day. <laughs> <laughs> but I would just say take the chance and talk to them. Do it up. Yeah. So say that say that I go it's gonna be me. But say that a person finds the bay, they eyed them, they got they have um mm-hmm. they have pride and comfortable appropriate shoes on. Now what do we have to have in <laughs> what do we have to have in place for this for the safe sex action that's about to happen later. Later. Not I mean I don't know I don't know if folks are doing it at Pride, but say that you have it later. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um first of all, at Pride, uh rack up on your condom supply. Yes. Because people are giving out free condoms everywhere. Yeah. Like you you'll probably literally get hit in the face with a condom at Pride. So just like <laughs> get all the free condoms. Um, and even if, if, even for folks with vaginas, like you can, you can always like cut the condom and Mm -hmm. make like a quick little dental dance. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh yeah. Speaking of that, um, I did, of course I noticed there's a lot of condoms. There weren't any, um, there weren't any female condoms or internal condoms or dental dams. Exactly, right? Where were the dental dams? Now that you said that, I ain't seen not one dental dam the whole time I was there. Yep. You won't get that for free. No. Man. (laughs) Yeah. That's some bullshit. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, it's the recentering of the cis male body, Mm. you know, even in queer spaces. It's like, but what what about folks who don't, yeah. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I, but I, I've, yeah. I've learned tricks. No, I, I love they, condoms. Right. I just think. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think they make, a, yeah, I mean, fin- finger sex. I don't know how to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> digital digital, <laughs> digital sex? <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Digital. Oh, see, sex with the um, sex with the digits. So, I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, for 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 digital insertion. Yes. <laughs> I have, you know, I have long nails. I love my nails. Yeah. I'm not cutting my nails for nobody. So, um, so condoms really work wonders because then I'm not scratching my partner. Uh, my nails don't become an issue. Um, so I love condoms. I always have condoms, um, you know, so yeah. And like I said, you can always cut them and make dental dams. If I'm being completely honest, yeah. I don't know. I don't know any queer women who use, uh, dental dams. Yeah. Um, if they, if they do it for the flavoring, <laughs> because some of them are flavored, but. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're absolutely right. It's It's one of those things that. Um, whenever, whenever I teach on and I pull out a dental dam or I pull out a female or internal condom, folks are like, wait, what? Where'd you get, where where do you buy that? And somebody called, somebody called my office the other day asking me for asking if, if we gave out more, cause I guess, you know, we give out limited quantities of the, of the female or internal condom. And I was like, well, um, so then I started like researching on Amazon while they were on the phone. Them shits are expensive. Like if you don't work at the yeah, health department are. or you don't yeah. work at the clinic or you can't, you don't have access mm-hmm. to a clinic, 
they Amazon had them for like six for twenty four dollars, and I was like, wait, what? That's yeah. What? Right. So in comparison, in comparison to uh, the um, you know the yeah. external condoms, right. where you can pick them up literally anywhere. But yeah, <laughs> clearly yeah. they're throwing them at your face in pride, and I can't even I get mean, a damn dental dam. That sucks. <laughs> tried cutting a condom it's been like a night it's just been a nightmare like maybe i'm not using the sharp enough scissors or something but it's just yeah. like i like start cutting down the side and it's like done done i destroyed it oh do you do you open it first because yeah i always cut it with the pack closed oh <gasps> okay teach us teach us what, what do you know yeah, i roll like, it i roll it all out i cut the tip <laughs> off and then i cut it down the side and every time i've done that it's been like an also why another reason why you're getting your phd wow wow damn what yeah okay well that's you know, a, you know my, what i'm gonna start i'm gonna start thought it. Tip of the day. I, you know what i like the thought tip of the day because now i can go out here and educate any all of the folks in my in my in my in my, in my workshops now because like, there's nothing like trying to teach, trying to teach some young people how to like make their own dental dam, and that shit falling all apart, yeah. all just all yeah. apart. And then I'm like, y'all could use saran wrap, but it can't I be microwavable saran wrap. So I was just like, ah, there's too many instructions here for for the youngins out here. So that's a that's a better yeah. strategy. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Glad I could help. All right, I'm sorry. I it completely interrupted because we were on safe, safer sex during Pride. So we got our condoms. Get the condoms. Get your dental yes. dam. Get in where you fit in. Yes. Um, make sure you're uh, like uh, drinking water because <laughs> it's really easy to get <laughs> get like dehydrated because you're walking around a lot. You're probably drinking a lot doing other like recreational stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Sex is always better when you're hydrated. Yes. So, so make, um, make sure that you're drinking water. And I guess along that same vein, um, thinking about like having safer sex during Pride, um, don't take open drinks from people. Oh. Um, because, yeah, because, uh, you know, like, it, it's my experience that there's a lot of free alcohol at Pride. Um, and just make sure that you're either getting something like in a can or a bottle that you can open yourself or that you're getting it directly from the bartender because you don't want to take the chance of somebody slipping something in your drink. True. 
I don't know if I have anything else to I contribute. Think, I think I you know, got I think it. I, I said that's a basic tip for life, but especially <laughs> thinking about pride and safety, yeah. I think maybe, I mean, of course it's not going to help for, like, the time being that you're at pride or that night of or the next day. But they always got free testing at pride. So for they after the encounter, everyone will yes. know their status. So go ahead and get that free testing, y'all. It's, like, right there on the spot. Yes. You'll get your results in 20 yeah. minutes for the HIV test. If they do gonorrhea and mm-hmm. chlamydia, get that done too. And go ahead and get your get, go ahead and get that free test on a yeah, prize. Actually, you know, a great icebreaker or you've been you've been um talking to or dancing with Bay all night long. <laughs> that's a that's a great intro segue into it right there. Like, oh, did you see the testing move? Maybe we should get tested, you know. <laughs> Show me your results. I'll show you mine. Ooh, like. <laughs> like I said, y'all, it's not gonna help. It's not gonna help you that night if you try and get in them draws that night. But yeah, <laughs> but you'll have the results later for another bay that comes along. So just FYI. So are you getting prepped to go to Pride? Because you're in Rochester, right? I'm in Syracuse. Syracuse. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, so all parts all parts of New York outside. <laughs> all parts of New York outside, like the Bronx or Brooklyn, right. I'm like, where? Huh? What? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So People do you think the whole state is the five boroughs? Yeah. <laughs> I'm upstate. So do you travel down to the city for Pride or does Syracuse have their own Pride? Uh, Syracuse has its own pride. It was actually this past weekend. I see. Um, I was planning. I was planning on going down to the city for pride, but we'll see because I have a lot of clients this week. So uh, I can't because the city is actually a four-hour drive for me. What? Um, a lot of people don't know New York State is that big. Oh yes. God! Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I gotta go look so on the map. I'm all types are wrong. Yeah, from my front door to Brooklyn is about four and a half hours. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> so okay. I was planning on going because Brooklyn Boyhood always has a pride party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, if anybody is listening who is planning on traveling to New York for Pride <laughs> this weekend, um, please check out Brooklyn Boyhood because they always have the littest, the littest pride parties oh. the djs are always so good the, the crowds are always amazing you know it's not it's not like the, the awkward type crowds where people just showed up to be cute no people actually dance and dance with you <laughs> um and they're, <laughs> they're a collective based out of brooklyn for um black and brown trans masculine folks mm. um, but their parties they, you know their pride, pride parties are for folks of color broadly across the queer spectrum and they're always so good. So <laughs> I'm really hoping to make it. But if I don't make it, y'all should turn up in my honor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Before you go, I got a listener question that came in through Twitter. Oh, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So this comes What's from... <laughs> I just like turned on my phone. And I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh!" Before we before we end this, all right. So this comes from Hey Miss Keisha, and Hey Miss Keisha says, um, "Please ask Money to explain queer to assist hetero woman 
it used to be an offensive term not long ago, but now it's embraced. The Q is the Q. Hold on, I'm sorry. The Q is the only part of LGBTQIA that I truly don't get. Help me understand. Thanks. And I want to preface your answer with, again, it's not all part of the community to answer our questions straight, folks. We got to go do our own work, too. Um, but I thought I'd ask the question since it was on my Twitter. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll answer, uh, like, I guess why I choose to use the term. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, like, the only way I can. Right. So actually, I... <laughs> I never, I never knew about queer growing up. Like, um, you know, LGBT was pretty familiar to me. Um, uh, but there's a lot of people left out of that acronym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I, after like doing more digging and honestly through pursuing my master's degree and now, uh, a PhD, I've been exposed to writing that has exposed me to the word queer in mm. a positive way. So, um, also, generationally, like, I'm a millennial. I didn't grow up with queer being, like, hurled at me as a negative term mm. um, in the ways in the ways that, like, older LGBT folks did, right? right. So I grew up in this cushy little world where <laughs> queer wasn't used in a derogatory <laughs> way. Um, but the reason why I chose to use it specifically for my work, um, one, was to bridge that gap between the, what I call, like, the academic queers like the like the everybody who has the lingo and the and the people who know without having this quote unquote social justice terminology mm. down. Um so I wanted to use it to to bring it to communities that I am of and mm -hmm. from and also because it's the most inclusive umbrella term that I found. So like I said, LGBT leaves people out and if you just keep tacking on um, letters to that acronym, mm -hmm. like LGBTQIA2P, yeah. like, you know, it just keeps going on and on yes. and on. Um, where queer, queer for me is just that word that, that includes all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically, queer can, can, uh, can be associated with your gender or your sexual orientation. Mm. And so that's the... That's kind of like the problem with LGBT because LG and B are sexual orientations and T is a gender identity. Um, and so you have, you just like kind of threw them all together. And a lot of times people say LGBT and what they really mean is L and G. So, um, so I think queer to me makes people do more work mm. because it's like, well, what does that mean exactly? Mm -hmm. Um, and who uses that, right? So it just it just asks more it asks more questions, it opens more doors, and you actually have to sit with me and I, it's not like my my identity is convenient and digestible for you because of some like alphabet lettering that <laughs> they decided to place together to describe me. Right. You actually have to ask. So that's that's why I like queer. I like um, it. And for me it just means anything non non-hetero or non-gender um, binary. So, yeah. I like, th I really like that. Thanks. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's amazing. You know? It makes me, it makes me think about, I mean, it makes me think a lot about the spaces that we're in. Of course, like you're saying, the, the language that we're using and 
Um, just to add to your awesome answer, um, hey, Miss Keisha, uh, you know, I like to, it's all of the terms. I like to say that any term that anybody uses has to be, has to be self-identified. Like we can't just be walking into the room and being like, you're straight, you're gay, you're trans, you're queer. Like it don't even matter. So you got to let people self-identify and then just, it is what it is. And just let people just do their own thing. I think, especially Mm -hmm. when I'm in spaces with straight folks, (laughs) I think everybody's like stuck on the, but like, what? Tell me, explain to me. I want to know because I want to know what you're doing in the bedroom. And that ain't got shit to do with shit. Like, (laughs) you don't have to know, (laughs) you don't have to know anything. And I mean, not to say that this is where, hey, Miss Keisha was going, but I feel like when folks start getting in the nitty gritty, there's, I think Miss Keisha, of course, is asking for understanding, um, especially in the way that she framed her answer. But um, mm-hmm. I think for other folks, especially like the confrontational ass dude that was at my training last week, it's a matter of like, but I want you to make mm-hmm. it clear for me. I want you to make sense to me. And it's like, um, excuse, right. excuse me. Yeah. Excuse you. Yeah, Get exactly. Out of here. No, you you be confused, and it's okay. Like you don't have to understand because this is my lived experience, not yours. And that's right. that's fine. I think I think that's another reason why I like queer because people have to ask, and they have to recognize that they don't know. Mm. <laughs> it's like mm. it's like you you you're not gonna get it, and that's and that's totally fine. You need to sit in that and do like you said earlier, like do your own work. Yeah. Right. Um, and what's funny, like as you were talking, I was thinking that, um, like straight people come up with with the most bizarre scenarios for queerness. <laughs> like, like, okay, so what if it's a person that's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yo, I've literally never met that person. I'm sure they exist. But yes. <laughs> like, you know, no, you like might queer imaginary. Oh. There's so much, there's so many things, like, I'll be explaining pansexual to somebody and to break it, break it, break it down, because I I really Mm -hmm. like what you said about, like, you know, when we try, when we're making phrases real academic, the way I describe pansexual is, like, when I walk into the club, I'm not looking for this or that, I'm looking for you, I'm looking for who I like, I'm, I'm checking for your personality. Right. I'm just checking for who the person is. And usually people are like, oh, mm-hmm. so that could that could just mean a dog. And it's like, okay, did you hear me? Did you hear me? It doesn't well, mean that, like, yeah. it's just like, guys, like, this doesn't make any yeah. sense. And I mean, and like you're saying, you haven't met that person yet, but I guess it's because folks are like, oh, I'm not going to try and, quote, offend her. But then they get in front of me and they're like, right, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Tell me yeah. about it. And I'm just like, no, I'm not going to agree with you on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I need you. I need you to just like pick wow. up a book every once in a while. So yeah, no, you're no, they're out there. They're out there. The, the people that just be adding on scenarios after scenario. Yeah. And then they'd be like, so what if, you know, the person has like a penis, but they say they're a woman, then yeah. they're a woman. They're a woman. They're, y'all. A woman. <laughs> <laughs> they're a woman. Like, who am I? Who who is any of us to say X, Y, or Z? So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And that's why I think your platform is so 
amazing and so needed, um, especially when I think about when I was like posting on, on social media that I was going to be talking to you and just like really looking through um, your Tumblr, really just looking through um, your Instagram as well, like looking at representation and how it matters so much. Um, because a couple months ago, yeah, I did yeah. Uh, I did a workshop called um, When You Keep Fucking a Fuck Boy and a Fuck Girl Too. And <laughs> I was trying... Basically, <laughs> basically, the goal of the conversation, goal of the workshop was recognizing healthy relationships and how to seek them and how to really seek what you need out of a relationship. And so one of the activities was standing under, standing under a celebrity couple because, I mean it was a workshop for just anybody. So I didn't want people to feel like they had to disclose about their own relationships. So I basically put up some pictures of couples and had people stand next to them and describe like, you know, what, what your experience has been. And as it reflects, you know, the celebrity couple. And as I was looking for celebrity Mm -hmm. couples, I realized that there, I didn't really have, I couldn't find, Many examples of out yes. celebrity queer LGBT um, couples that were out, and everybody was like, "Well, what about Queen Latifah?" And I was like, "But Queen Latifah didn't give us that permission, though." No. Yeah, <laughs> and then exactly. some folks yeah. were like, "Oh, yeah. so I like put up a post on my Facebook and was like, I need y'all to name like an out couple, like LGBTQ couple of color that I can like." talk about that people can identify with and everyone was like uh yes uh uh and then somebody finally came up with raven but i mean raven's not like meg i mean it's not to say raven's not important like raven simone isn't important but i mean i haven't seen raven out there like that and so some people i was just like all right who else y'all who else like and then they were like but britney griner and i was like right but britney just came out of um her situation uh, yeah, you know, and like you know, that's exactly where my mind went. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm. I can only think of like women in the the in sports mm-hmm. who are married. You know, so I'm like, oh, Simone Guest is in Hawaii. They so cute. But again, like you know, these um these like big everyday um representations of celebrity couples. Right there, there aren't any for queer women of color. Yeah. You know? Um. Me and my friends talk about that a lot because it, I, I think about it as, like, possibility models. Like, uh, mm-hmm. we don't have these long-term queer women of color relationships to look to in the media. Yeah. Um, and really, the the ones I know in real life, they, they like, met in their older age mm-hmm. and are now, you know, the cutest elderly lesbian couples ever. <laughs> but I'm just like, well, what? What does it What does it look like for me as like a young a young yeah. lesbian who's dating and is also black? You right. Know? It's just like how right. What, and what does that look like? And then who I look to as like a possibility. Yeah, and then it's the. Um, Oh my God. It was, um, it, it's also the, what does it say when you can't find, if you want to date within your race or your cultural background, what does it say? Cause somebody was like, well, Wanda Sykes. And I was like, right. But Wanda Sykes is no no shade married married to to a white woman. Right. And then someone else, (laughs) someone else was like Erica Mina on love and hip hop. I was like, girl, if you don't, (laughs) if you don't stop, 
Erica, like, <laughs> are you kidding me right now? I was yeah. like, first of all, Erica's now married to, well, you say, not, never mind, was married to Bow Wow. That's not to say, Bow Wow. That's yeah. not to say anything about her sexuality, but I'm just like, um, we're trying to yeah. show functional <laughs> as we love each other, we know how to talk to each other, yeah. couples who are women, yeah. like, where are they? Because when Erica mm-hmm. was with a woman, they were fighting and cussing each other out. They and... were fighting, throwing drinks <laughs> in each other's face. You know, like, yeah. Like, what? And yeah. then so, and then I started thinking, like, oh, well, there's young, young M.A., but, like, still, not someone who's on the scene that's universal, that everyone can mm-hmm. see, like, oh, wow, like, here we go. And then when you think about people like Queen Latifah, and of course, Queen Latifah doesn't have to tell us anything, but if yeah. Queen Latifah did want to bring her partner to an, to an event, I don't know if Queen Latifah's like, she feels like the world's not there yet, or does she feel like she has to hide? Like, I don't know. And I, we can't speak yeah. for any of these people, but it always... It gets me mm-hmm. thinking, and whenever I look at your platform, I'm like, okay, yes, thank you. We need, it's just, we need faces. We need. Yeah, yeah. We need it. We need it. Yeah. And especially, like. And that's, I, you know, they, we may not be, like, these everyday names, but I always try to encourage my friends to um, to post and celebrate their mm, black queer love. Yes. Um, or, or, like, Latina queer love, mm. like, whatever. You know, whatever it is, because we we don't get to see that. We yeah. just don't. Um, and so, especially on the Tumblr page, mm. when I'm like, oh, you know, all the couples send in your pictures so I'll, I can post them. <laughs> and they're just the most beautiful, heartwarming things because um, I don't think people, people recognize the impact of watching, like, every romantic comedy, mm. every TV show. You know, I feel like I cling on to Steven Universe because that's like the only representation I get of like some some queer women in relation to one another, and it's just like, um, you know, this is it, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it's like the underlying the underlying message there is that uh, your love isn't like valid, like it it can't exist. Yeah, you know. Um, and so I, I try to combat that in big ways and in little ways, and. And through all the work that I do, you know, I'm a family therapist and I focus on LGBT people of color, you know, mm. so it's just like mm. all, all the, all the work I do is around queer of color love. Yes. So. I see you out here. <laughs> I see you out here. You about, yeah. I see you with that niche though. You about to, you about to rake it in. You better go ahead. I, you know, I'm trying. I, you know, I, it's, the struggle is real because as, as graduate assistants, they don't pay you anything. Uh, <laughs> it would be great if my, if my, well, it's not my side hustle, it's my passion, <laughs> but it's my side hustle for the moment. So yeah. I think the program would just, you know, pop off and drop some coin this way. That would be nice. <laughs> drop some coin, drop some coin, some money, y'all. Cause we need it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, I can't even talk about how, how necessary it is. And me being a sex ed teacher, um, we know that a lot of the, the words that we use is important and creating an inclusive environment when you're teaching sex ed matters. And when you're talking about healthy relationships, yeah. it can't just be to the straight kids in the room. And so it's like, yeah. I can't find you know, like, I can't find videos for middle schoolers or high school, like, that's age-appropriate that shows, like, 
queer folks engaged in mm-hmm. in loving conversation about condom use or loving conversation about being in a relationship and it's hard because it's yeah. it's just it's it's needed so we appreciate mm-hmm. your work out here mm-hmm. thanks well i i definitely appreciate you too like when I think I saw a picture first before I before I started listening. Mm-hmm. I think it was a picture on um, on Twitter, and I was just like, "Wait, a black sex ed teacher? <laughs> oh no! Let me let, <laughs> let me double click this link because I need to." <laughs> like in all my days, I have never I have never been in a sex education um, space where. There's a black woman at the front of the room teaching it to me. Like that just that just felt like, oh my gosh. Like I, I have only imagined being taught sex education by someone who looks like me, who I'm like, okay, like, you know, I can I can envision myself doing these things yes. because she has done them. Like another black girl has walked this path, so I feel like it's safe for me to walk it off. Oh. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh my God! Thank you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> yeah. It means so much because that you know what, and it's so funny you pick up on that because that is why I created Vagistine because it, it's funny because in like some of the emails that I get, folks are like, "I know black people did blah blah and blah. I know black people use da 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 based on like some yeah. of the topics that we talk yeah. about on the podcast." And I'm like, yeah, we do. And, you know, it's important, especially, I mean, I work with kids too. And for me, it's important. Uh, representation, when I say representation is important, I think it's important everywhere. But yeah. I realize that a lot of sex education public spaces um, are a lot, are catered a lot to um are catered a lot to white women and so like white women have mm-hmm. cosmo white women have all of these different types of magazines that teach you about like sex technique and talking right. to your yeah. spouse and doing all mm-hmm. these things and trying all these these positions but like i didn't really see much for women of color yeah. to feel well, comfortable and engage in the conversation yeah, I mean, all of the diagrams, everything. It's just a white woman. It's That's true. Just all of the representation. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah, it's so hard. Mine isn't that color, but... Right. No, you're so right. I even tried looking for diagrams. You're so right. I didn't even think about that. I tried looking for brown skin and it's like, nah, you want to mm-hmm. use, you want to use the skeleton. You want to use this, uh, this muscle diagram because what we got here... <laughs> What we got here are, you know, yeah, you're right. It's white anatomy and every and everything else in between. So the posters I use now are like just random colors. Yeah. Like the person's skin is like green and like their pubic hair is like blue. So, yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. it's not so specific, but yeah, we got, we have so much work to do. So I'm sending, I'm sending you, I'm sending you hugs and kisses across the, across, across the podcast sphere. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely <laughs> accepting those and returning, returning them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're at the end. I don't want to hold you any longer, but I wanted to ask you one last question. Okay. So Vagistine, as we started getting into our mushy gushy talk, um, basically it's a word that I created to, to talk about, to basically say it's a concept by which one builds the confidence of 
and in their vulva and vagina. And I believe that this confidence leads to a healthy and satisfying sex life. I also feel like when we start talking about these body parts that we start having these courageous conversations and loving ourselves a little bit more and and really dispelling those things and putting those things away that don't make us feel good or look good and all of those good things. So how do you build your vagisteme? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I build my vagisteme by being naked. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I think if that's, I don't know. I, I'm a, you know, I'm a big girl and and a girl. And so it's, it's just always been about, I've gotten all these messages about covering up, mm. um, mm-hmm. which, which I, I, def, I know I definitely like internalized so much so to the point that I didn't like know my body. Like I didn't know what stuff looked like. Mm-hmm. So how would I know if something was wrong? Mm. You know? Um, so yeah, just being naked, just not having any clothes on and, and knowing for myself what's there, what it looks like, yes. um, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, mm. um, appreciating all the different color browns. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's how I built my vaccine. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that tip with us. all right i'm not gonna hold you any further longer because you've had a long day (laughs) so thank you so much for being on thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and insights and giving me a whole bunch more to think about and just thank you well, thank you. Um, this has been amazing. Uh, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, I can't believe that much time has passed. I can't believe either. That's why I'm like, uh... <laughs> and I'm sure this is just the first of many chats. So. Absolutely. I mean, we have way more to talk about with you being a therapist, you talking, you know, to your clients, talking about outness, navigating that. So we got so much more to talk about. So don't worry. Yes. Don't worry. I, got I need some. I need some help as far as talking to clients about sex. Yes, I got you. Yes. I got you. I, I slid in. I slid in your DMs for this. So don't worry. I know where yes. you're at now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, money. Have a good night. Thank you so much again, and I can't wait to connect and see what you do later. Yes, thank you. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you call out this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information.